You're listening to Some Pulp on Sunrise Robot. Find out how you can support us at sunriserobot.net slash support. Welcome to episode 13. I'm your host, Bruce Edwards, and I'm joined today by Justin Edwards. Hello, everyone. Our episode today focuses on the, the events and responses culturally and otherwise to the assassination of JFK. And so it's uh, the day Camelot died. So uh, let's start. That's great. Yeah. Glad to uh, be a part of the conversation as well. I think JFK seems to have come up a number of times already in your Some Pop episodes, and we've always said, oh, but we'll talk about JFK later. So um, <laughs> good to finally get the chance to dig into your experiences. Um, I myself have been, you know, I had my couple of seasons where I, you know, get obsessed with it and, you know, read everything you can about it. And um, even so far as reading the, a Stephen King book that he wrote a couple of years ago, um, but always been really fascinated with, you know, the whole conspiracy around it and, and the stories of it. But um, obviously you lived it. Um, why don't you just go ahead and start us there, I think, is a good place. Is what's, what's your experience with it as you lived it as a kid? Yeah, and of course, it's. I, I think it hit, this event is the the one that starts conversations about where were you when, and you know, since then there's been all sorts of responses added to that list. But it starts, I think, with uh, where were you when JFK was shot, and uh, I was in a sixth grade classroom in uh, Akron, Ohio, and uh, it was late in the afternoon, and uh, we were in Mrs. Bell's class. And Mrs. Bell was uh, in her 60s, already kind of a nervous kind of person, and uh, didn't like surprises or shocks of any kind. And so she she ran a tight classroom. And uh, as a result, when the PA system came on abruptly and said, uh, I don't know who the newscaster was. Eventually, I think it was Walter Cronkite, said, we're in Dallas and the president has been shot. And there was like a gasp, even for us six-year, uh, six, sixth graders, uh, and uh, the, the principal just just let that run live, and so we hadn't been told he's dead, but we've been told he's been shot, mm. and you know the the police have arrived on the scene and that sort of thing, and I think uh, you know we were reasonably with it sixth graders, and so you know that wasn't like oh what's a president or anything like that. It was like our president has been shot. That doesn't happen in America. How could this be? And and so we, I remember turning to people left and right and 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 saying, "What what's going on? I, I better call my dad, or you know, I I need to. We need to get out." But we actually had to stay the rest of the school day. So okay. Another, yeah, I was going to ask. Um, yeah, an, another hour and a half of uh, of just staring at a speaker, you know, because we didn't have. TVs no in class TV, yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. So in in you know, Leggett School in in Akron is one of the oldest, uh, probably <laughs> least technologically. There, of course, there wasn't anything called technology. There was uh, eight millimeter films at, at lunchtime kind of place. So this this was quite an event, definitely. Um, and so they just 
tried to like not talk about it? Had the teacher distract you? Um, well, you know, I, I mentioned uh, Mrs. Bell. Um, I don't think she knew what to do. And it was almost like uh, if we just kept quiet, it would go away or, or you know, the, the turmoil would, would, would pass and somebody will come on and say, oh, no, it was a, it was a mistake. Sorry, you know, there's nothing wrong. Everybody's okay. But that, of course, didn't happen. And I think she was afraid if she let us talk about it like a, like a social studies, you know, spontaneous discussion that we would uh, make ourselves even more frantic and worried and things because, uh, you know, I don't know if there is such a thing as a, a sixth grade mind, but, you know, there were some kids and they're thinking somehow they were going to get shot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just it's just weird. It's like you know, oh, there's bullets flying everywhere, but of course they were just flying wow. in Dallas on the grassy knoll. And uh, uh, I mean, but everybody was properly worried. But then there there were other students in there who just thought, why can't we go home? Uh, either, either because they wanted the school day to end, like you know all kids do, uh, or because they were worried and they wanted to be home with their mom and dad, just because this was a a terrible event. Even if you were a uh, Nixon Republican or something who who was was sad that the Nixon didn't win the election in 1960. Yeah. Well, so then uh, eventually you do get home, and obviously this, this has just happened, so there was no floating conspiracy to it yet. It was just, wait, really, what, what happened and who's involved in this? And did this, was this kind of one of the early, you know, 24-hour news cycle, you know, things where they nobody would yeah. do anything but talk about this? Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's right to think of it that way. The the twenty four seven news cycle. Of course, when I got home, only my grandmother was was home because I, I went to her house, which was right behind mine. And you know, both uh, you know, mom and dad and grandpa were still at work, and uh, you know, she had the television on and, and was was worried about if I had heard about it and everything and. Uh, you know, it was just sort of endless scenes of uh, you know, repeating that motorcade. I mean, because what else? I mean, they didn't have the Zapruder film yet, and so uh, they couldn't show that, and they wouldn't have shown that. In fact, most of Americans didn't get to see the Zapruder film until uh, yeah. years. Jim, Jim I mean, Garrison you know, got Law that enforcement. Up. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that was uh, even, I mean, I, I put it in the show notes that, uh, you know the, the Zapruder film is there on, on YouTube, and uh, apparently it's a better version of the Zapruder film than was available because <laughs> <laughs> because it, it gotten cleaned up quite yeah. a bit and, and enhanced and the, but uh, so so that whole whole weekend was just turmoil and uh, you know I I I I, I think uh, Walter Cronkite was uh, was on continuously and that that's the news station we would have gone to cbs even though uh you know nbc and abc had their their broadcasters mm-hmm. there as well but you know you know dallas was just sort of this sleepy texas metropolis <laughs> in which you know presidents don't go there to die i mean that's you know it should happen in some you know celebrated metropolitan city and it's in dallas and uh and uh, it's November, so it's it's cold in Ohio, and but Dallas is sunny, and it's it's not a place for for things like this mm-hmm. to happen. Where were? Course, no, I was curious also more about your your parents' reaction too, and how they're viewing it with you over the weekend. Um, 
you know, what were their ideas about JFK themselves anyways beforehand? And Well, uh, they, they weren't, you know, Democrats, so, but, so they weren't, I don't, I, I want to say this so that it honors their, their memory. They were grieved. Mm. Uh, you know, he's our president, that, that sort of thing. And, and you just don't go around killing our president. And, um, but they immediately started their own kind of conspiracy talk as well. You know, Johnson really wanted that (laughs) offer, you know, and and that was kind of a, an an easy, easy reaction and not, not a serious reaction. And, and they were more concerned about, um, are there others involved and are there other assassinations mm. to come? And, and of course, the, 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 the really big hit, the, the, the really big uh, scoundrel to, to zero in on was Fidel Castro because the Cuban Missile Crisis had been faced and uh, you know, we, we were at the height of our tensions with the Soviet Union and uh, you know, I, I wasn't old enough yet to have seen a movie like... Uh, Doctor Strangelove, which which followed a year later, I think sixty four, Stanley Kubrick, and and the the menace of the you know Soviet uh, uh, aggression, that sort of thing, wasn't you know in any way dissipated. And of course, this just heightened everything because you know if your president has been shot uh, and. Uh, you know, a new president is going to be uh, you know, put in office. Uh, you know, it just it just creates mm. panic in in some ways. And uh, of course, we didn't have the the multiple news sources and you know the CNNs and the you know the internet that sort of thing. And so you had nowhere to where do you take these worries and and uh, you couldn't get some instant uh, security you know retired security person. To, to get a, a talking head on camera to say, oh, we needn't worry because we have the CIA. CIA, and of course, well, that was the <laughs> worry that maybe this the, the CIA had somehow been involved and and uh, or 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 were ineffect. You know, they were ineffective. I mean, how could a guy like Lee Harvey Oswald or whomever else were were part of it? How could he get to the book depository and? And, and get a gun mm-hmm. like that and, and, and be such a good, you know, and, and you just start multiplying those things. And, uh, you know, I, you know, it was uh, uh, the week before we were going to have Thanksgiving. You know, school was out at, you know, the, at the end of that week. And then so you, you had a whole week to fruitlessly speculate. But like you're saying, the, the, that, that was all that was on TV. And, of course, we, we only had three channels. That was NBC, ABC, or... Or mm-hmm. CBS, and so, uh, and of course, the radio broadcasts were uh, constant, and uh, you know the, the the relief of the weekend was, uh, you know, the Browns game was on Sunday to to take our thoughts yes. away. But then, right then on Sunday, we got home from church, and uh, my grandfather has the the you know the, the transfer of the prisoner. Oh boy. And somebody named Jack Ruby bursts in. I mean, this is live TV, and shoots Lee Harvey Oswald. I, I mean, you you can't be prepared for that. I mean, why should you be? And you know, the lax. You know, it just seems too easy that he got through there and happened to shoot the guy who could have revealed all and told what's really going on. And you know, it, it was it was just awful. 
this just becomes that downward spiral. I guess we we still will never know what happened, but you know, let the conspiracy theories begin. You know, Johnson takes office, and then kind of what what's what's the state of things there for you in the aftermath and the few weeks after? Yeah, well, again, there was there were worries that uh, other people in the government maybe were targeted. Maybe, maybe you know the the Soviets are behind this, or uh, you know l- later on we start to mistrust as a, as a public and and in his newspaper stories. Uh, and uh, books start coming out to mistrust the CIA. But it, it, initially it was like you know, there must be people targeted, uh, and, which is you know, one of the reasons that the you know, people like uh, Bobby Kennedy were, were at, a, at a camera or on, 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 the, on the microphone almost immediately to say, you know, the, the nation is safe and LBJ is, is, has been uh, sworn in and... Although it wasn't by the uh, Supreme Court justice who would normally mm-hmm. do that, it was uh, uh, done, and, and he, he's kind of an interesting character himself, the the Earl Warren and the Warren uh, Commission. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, there it was mostly speculation and worry about uh, you know the government uh, shrinking into uh, the, the deeper enclaves, and there's nobody running the country, and uh, and just a sense of unease, and uh, but mostly focused on Cuba and the Soviet Union, uh, and the, the later speculation about corruption inside the government or inside the the uh, the armed services. You know, could could they have had a part in this, or at least allowed it to happen, knowing you know, what the consequences would be? And uh, you know, I. I I wasn't at that point as a you know kind of a, a thinker student sort of person, um, a conspiratorial minded uh, kid. But I began to be after the Warren report came out, and uh, and then you know it's followed by a series of books by journalists, and uh, you've been mentioning Jim Garrison, who starts to investigate this other trail, and uh, and so you know the the trails sort of never end after that everybody's trying to piece things together how many shooters were there and you know what what did they cover up between the time you know the president's body is released and you know the hospital he was in and did they fix him up somehow to disguise what what happened Mm -hmm. and that that follows within i'd say six six months the and then once the Associated Press publishes the the Warren report, which is always kind of prefaced with the hurriedly completed Warren you know, <laughs> yeah. Warren report or the hastily the, uh, the, assembled. Uh, un, yeah, yeah, un, undocumented. You know, you know, it has a, you know thousands and thousands of footnotes, but you know it's considered undocumented yeah. stuff. But. Yeah, it was um, nine ten months later that that came out. I think that's what kind of set Jim Garrison on, on his crusade was reading that and going like, "No, <laughs> yeah. yeah." But so you you kind of talked about you had your own kind of fascination with it too and followed and reading. Um, how did that kind of spark your sleuthing detective? Well, I I got you know the next year I was in seventh grade and I had an English teacher who was r- really enjoyed. Giving giving his students uh, kind of real life 
assignments and adventures and things. And I, I remember that uh, he he not only didn't uh, try to squelch that. I mean, if you don't want to read Tom Sawyer, that's fine. If you want to read the Warren Report, that's what we'll talk <laughs> about today. <laughs> and of course, most students they could care less. They wanted to know, you know, what, when's lunchtime and and that sort of thing. But it, there were a handful of us in that, you know. Whatever we were, you know, college uh, class. In other words, what we were already designated as seventh graders, whether we were headed to college or not, and we were in the the smart mm-hmm. group, and so we were we were allowed to, you know, roam free on on things to read. I mean, we did read Silas Marner. I don't want to leave the impression that the Akron City Schools were, you know, completely unorthodox, but but uh, so he, he helped us. Think through some things and and uh, and put it in some perspective you know, again for the seventh grade mind, and and you're you're worried about uh, your country and you know because you've you've had all of these this series of social studies of of the great democracy we are and uh, you know the the, the the executive branch the judicial branch I mean you know all those things play out in your mind but well what happened who 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 fouled up, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and uh, and and I I knew enough that you know the Earl Warren Supreme Court, and he, he'd become a very controversial uh, court justice because he's at the forefront of most of the important events of the fifties and sixties, Brown versus uh, Topeka education. So he's at the forefront of uh, civil rights. Uh, and uh, he he's the the lead uh, jurist in you know, taking prayer out of schools. You know all those 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 kind of iconic events that some people on the right say, well, it's the beginning of the end of America right. kind of stuff because you know segregation comes down, which was a good thing, of course. Um, and so Earl is not a highly trusted. Um, jurist in, in you know, as, as the Supreme Court, they called him Super mm-hmm. Chief, uh, and he's known for getting his way. And so that that made the the Warren Report open season, you know, for for even seventh graders in Akron, Ohio, to to quibble with as if we were somehow instant investigators ourselves. But we did we did read through it, and, and uh. I, re- I remember him helping to fuel the the teacher in the class, kind of helping us fuel our our curiosity. And then, you know, a- as I moved on in successive grades, you know, I started developing a pretty good library of speculative accounts. And you know, my favorite one I remember most about uh, was this one by Mark Lane called "Rusted Judgment." And I think it's still kind of considered a, a fairly provocative. Uh, early mm. treatment, and uh, you know, before Stephen King, Don DeLillo had also done a novel, um, uh, you know, essentially about the the assassination, the aftermath, and then Oliver Stone later. But uh, uh, I, I think it's it's a pivotal point in in American history, and makes I think the populace in in the, in the fact that JFK had started. The, the Vietnam War and escalated it, and then LBJ comes along and escalates it. You know, it's just a sour decade the rest of the way, and you don't, you begin to, you know, 
say the phrase, don't trust anybody over 30. Mm. And that becomes a very popular, you know, it's put on buttons and, and uh, you know, it, it, it's like you can't go to bed feeling safe. You know, like it's not just the Soviets, it's your own government you've got to worry about. And and that that's, you know, a, a really crazy, crazy time. And on some level it had to be a point of, uh, see, I told you so for those people already too, like the, you know, the... It's almost like the innocence of the 50s and the bubble was going to burst at any moment and like, oh, finally this comes along and, and really kind of peels back that layer of, you know, it's not all shiny under here and like watch out for what this government could do for us, to us. Um, yeah, and you know, of course the famous uh, parting phrase of Dwight Eisenhower's president, the the, the last uh, president before for Kennedy was don't trust the military industrial complex. And and that didn't get much play as he's leaving office, but it starts to be the quote associated with mm-hmm. Eisenhower throughout the rest of the sixties and, and into the future because, you know, he, he's basically warning America, you know, I'm a veteran soldier. I helped us win World War Two and sort of you ain't seen mm-hmm. nothing yet kind of a kind of a and, and, and Ike wasn't known for these provocative statements, and so that that begins to stand out, because you know Kennedy gives us the new frontier, uh, Johnson gives us the Great Society as as themes, and uh, you know by the end of the decade, you, you know when Nixon is reelected twice, <laughs> you know you know at, at the time one of the most hated politicians, and. Uh, at any rate, uh, it, it's it's really a cynical time, and, and you know it's it's played out in in popular culture. Yeah, I we think. get the world we deserve. I think that's the uh, yeah <laughs> we've been echoing it ever since yeah. then. But uh, from Batman to True Detective, uh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you don't have, I would say, as I look back on that time and you know throughout my rest of my high school years, and as I'm about to go to to college. Um, you don't really, in, in some sense, your life hasn't changed. Your dad still goes to work. It's not like there's been some upheaval in your town, but you just feel you feel like there's been an upheaval. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, whether you're liberal, conservative, or, or apolitical completely, you just want to say, uh, you know, the, the the John Cougar Mellencamp, as he was known that that song, nothing matters, and what if it did? And you just mm-hmm. had this sense of of burrow into the capitalist society and get your job and you know uh i don't know it, it's just it's just a sour time and uh uh and, and you have uh, what i would call these nostalgic songs like dion the the, the rock and roll early 60s makes a late career revival with a song called abraham martin and john you ever heard that, that song? i think so yeah you know it's it, it's a it's a a tribute song about Abraham Lincoln, Martin Luther King, and John Kennedy, and it's like, you know, we, we lost the best of our culture and times, and you know, probably a majority of people hadn't thought about Abraham Lincoln in some <laughs> romantic way for a long, long time, and even though he's a great president and we honor him, and um, it just it was just an odd mm-hmm. juxtaposition, you know. Yes, he ended slavery, and 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 Martin Luther King needs to be in there as as a uh, a, a triumphant voice in civil rights, you know, 
there, there, you know, Camelot was the, the name given to the, the Kennedy era, and, and it, with all the, the ironies of it, because Camelot didn't last very long mm-hmm. either because of, you know, the story of King Arthur. And, you know, the stories turn from this valiant young president with the young children he's leaving behind to, and he used to have Marilyn Monroe visit him in the White House. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that that's another part of the cynicism of the age. And, uh, you know, if... if uh, you just you just can't live through that that era, you know Vietnam, Nixon, Watergate. I mean, it just gets worse yeah. and worse in terms of uh, the people who are leading you, and uh, and then you know Jimmy Carter, who's who's a reasonably moral and righteous man, um, you know becomes you know the 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 one term president who can't stop the oil crisis, or you know he, he gets labeled with. Uh, he was a good buffer for the triumphant Reagan years right. later. And, of course, uh, you, you're looking for any sort of good news in American <laughs> culture. and They got a Hollywood star and, uh, for president. So, um, Yeah. Well, I, I had a question just kind of in light of my own, you know, studies and watching all these different films. Um, in particular, I mean, definitely Oliver Stone's take on the Jim Garrison uncovering of it was you know it's kind of viewed with cynical eye a bit just because it's oliver stone saying here's i'm gonna just say what i want to say about it um but that did spark the interest for me was kind of seeing that film uh, and i remember seeing it back as a teenager when it came out and then you know just feeling like it was pretty long and interesting but um i revisited it recently and just you know for me alone i just kind of regardless of what Oliver Stone has to say about it or not, you know, I, I became interested in Jim Garrison as a person and kind of his, his, you know, conviction with wanting to get to the bottom of all of this and his frustrations there. And, um, were you, did you follow him then yourself as his kind of things kept coming out, you know, and his is years and years later, like he's still, you know, every couple of years he'll put out some new thing to say about it. And yeah, I, 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 I tried to, um, and uh, of course, he's initially given some uh, prominence, even in the the news media, until you know he's perceived as uh, a controversial figure. I mean, he was always controversial, but but it's like, oh yeah, the Kennedy stuff, and and there's a certain amount of ennui, you know, a sense of of, of detached, excuse me, detachment from that that period. You know, I ended up watching JFK for the first time in Kenya. Okay, <laughs> it's 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 weird because I you know, it had passed me by when it came out uh, initially commercially, and then I was engrossed with it uh, in in the, the the narrative, and it reminded me of all these things that I'd experienced right. firsthand, and uh, and I you know I it's New Orleans and and. Uh, the, the you know, corruption, you know, legendary kind of state level and, and other kinds of corruptions in, in Louisiana. Uh, and here's this knight in shining armor kind of, he's going to solve the mysteries and, you know, follows the trail and puts himself in danger and, and other people who ask questions in danger. So, I mean, somebody's got to be pulling the strings. Uh, but I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated. I, I've not read the the uh, Stephen King mm-hmm. book, and I know it's been recommended 
to me by by you. <laughs> and those Shelby read it too. Um. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it's a narrative that will never go away. And uh, you, you, you just sort of want to have some satisfactory answers, even if you don't really want to hear them, because they may imply something about um, sainted figures in, in the government at, at, at a pivotal time. And uh, it probably cost uh, Hubert Humphrey ever becoming mm. president, because uh, uh, he's tainted by his years with LBJ. And, uh, you know, how, however, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, in 1972, I was my first year I could vote, and I voted for George McGovern, of, mm-hmm. of all people. I mean, I mean, he is he, he's not just perceived as a uh, a quasi socialist. I mean, he was a socialist, but he wasn't Nixon, and that's why I voted for him. And uh, you know, it, it it just sort of taints your, your judgment, and and uh, uh, so so out of out of all of that, you, you look back on those years, you think, well, who are the heroes? Well, one of them has got to be Jim Jim Garrison, right, or or at least Kevin Costner. <laughs> yeah, but he's a cross-country coach now. In the uh, <laughs> he is he is his latest. Just in, in also getting into kind of its effect on pop culture, and um, you've mentioned here, you know, the the, the X Files, which I've been on and off re going through this past year with Juliet. Um, they have their three conspiracy theorist guys in that show, and they've had their own spin-off series called The Lone Gun Men. Um, yeah. and, and just kind yeah. of, it, it's fun to see their, and I remember the, the girl hero that they work with, her name was an, an anagram of Lee Harvey Oswald. You know, all the letters jumbled up, yeah. too. Um, but that as, you know, this, even as X-Files, yes, it's with the alien conspiracy, but that's Chris Carter's almost his ruminations on like himself growing up with the JFK conspiracies. Right. Um, right. Yeah. That, that, that made that series. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, X-Files, I'm, I'm in and out even in my own watching of it. Uh, and uh, I've never been back to the only episode I ever want to deliberately see again is the, the uh, Bruce Campbell uh, episode, but I, I never can quite find that one. So yeah, I think it's uh, season nothing to do with seven, or season six, somewhere in there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll. I'll uh, and it has nothing to do with JFK, but uh, but they do have their JFK episode too. Maybe worth checking out. Um, yeah, the yeah. Uh, cigarette smoking sure. man has his kind of origin story, and apparently he is the one who got Oswald framed for his own murder and. Uh, but yeah, that his own spin on it is an interesting episode. It's all shot in black and white, and well, of course, I mean, the the Lone Gunman had its own thirteen uh, week run, I guess. Although I think the, the the climax of that series, which only got to you know, it, Fox, is famous for allowing brilliant writing and series to last a short time, <laughs> and then it goes on to legendary status, like you know. Uh, so, some others I won't mention, but we, we aim to misbehave. <laughs> um, but uh, you can see echoes of uh, a conspiracy 
and you know it's it's the Kennedy you just know that's what's happening and and there were there were uh, films like the Parallax mm-hmm. View which came out I think in seventy two seventy three which wasn't again about a presidential assassination but it was about a conspiracy and the the many levels of it and you know that's the one to me that has most to do with the twists and turns that that Jim Garrison is looking mm-hmm. at and cuz it's it's all over the the map and you you find out there's these paramilitary things you know in in Warren Beatty is in this this movie and uh it's uh it, it leaves you if if you saw it in the early 70s it leaves you with this feeling you can't trust anything anybody says in in any kind of authority and that was the the intended effect mm-hmm. of course it, but i mean it's not like your mayor was somehow involved because <laughs> you know yeah. the akron mayor is likely not to be involved in something that uh, deep and you know incredulous but it could be somebody in new orleans was yeah and uh so, so you 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 like the fact that there are popular culture treatments, you know, even the even the Robert Redford movie, the Six Days of the Condor, which is three days of the Condor. Yeah. In the movie, they they cut three days out. <laughs> uh, it's it's still related to to this tension about uh, heroes and villains and 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 so forth, and and you never quite. You, you you never quite can get away from it because now even with the uh, the the Soviet uh, the uh, sleeper cult uh, show like the Americans and one I've been watching lately that's uh, only in German called Deutschland eighty three hmm. that's on the Sundance Channel uh, four episodes in of an eight episode series and, it, and apparently it's debuting. In America, before it actually shows on German television, uh, it has all of those uh, tensions and, and recreates the feeling I remember having. Uh, it, it, it just haunts you. I mean, if, if you've lived through as a, as a child, like like my my uh, grandmother used to talk about uh, living through uh, the Roosevelt years uh, and and seeing him both as a hero. You know, he got us through the war. He got us through. But then she said, "But I know he knew about the Pearl Harbor thing, mm. and and he let some of our guys, you know." So that conspiracy thing, I think, works backwards for uh, for some of us who grew up hearing those stories from grandparents and parents. Uh, she never trusted Roosevelt, but she was glad that he saved us. And you know, it's just real, real kind of a perverse relationship with yeah. with your history. See, I told you so again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ah, see, now yeah. this explains why things went how they did. Um, yeah, and I, and I think that's you know you're on wrestling with what is the ideal government. Do you want them to do what it takes to take care of us, and then you don't want to hear about it, um, or is it you know to the far? You've gone too far now with all this NSA, Edward Snowden stuff. Um, and what kind of government do we want over us? And and is there this puppeteer behind things pulling strings and um, Illuminati things? And, you know, you just, you go down this rabbit hole, you really do feel like um, something must be behind things. And 
you know, it can't all be happenstance. But then you look at, you know, for my generation, it was how did we ever put the second George Bush in office twice in a row to lead us down to those, you know, pointless wars for all those years after 2011 or 2001. Um, it was like if, if somebody's behind the scenes pulling pulling things and conspiracies, how did he get to do what he did? You know, wouldn't they have said, never mind, this guy shouldn't be allowed to do that. Yeah. And it, but some of the same questions, you know, because, you know, George the Second is, you know, credited with not as much intelligence and so forth, but some of the the same uh, arguments and debates that we recover from, you know, Dick Cheney and and uh, uh, I can't even remember who who the, uh, the the leaders were and the other you know White House official types, the press secretary. I don't I don't remember their names already. They're gone for me. But when you, when you go back and and read. The, the transcripts of the Kennedy and Johnson years, it's the same thing. It's like we, we've we got to do something to show we're really anti-communist, and so we've got to go into Vietnam. And we got, I, mean, I mean, this didn't matter if you're Republican or Democrat. And so I wore the the, the peace button of, uh, uh, well, I, I eventually ended up supporting for as long as I could as for as long as he was alive bobby kennedy which was kind of like to my dad like but we don't vote for catholics <laughs> and not quite that but you know the kind of thinking out loud that your dad he might you know take that back but it's like well what are you doing but uh eugene mccarthy was my real candidate he was a senator from from minnesota and, and he's the one who really brought johnson down why why he decided not to run in my view is he was losing Eugene McCarthy, who was an unknown, it's like uh, you were um, talking online the other day about Bernie and and Hillary and what you know what's going on with that. Well, Kennedy was the uh, uh, not Kennedy, but uh, McCarthy was the candidate who who just said, "Let's end this war," and if you elect me, I will end this war. And then Nixon picks up that slogan. And he says, "I have a secret plan to end the war." In Vietnam. I mean, Nixon. <laughs> what do you mean? And that should have been the Democrats' line. I mean, that should have been there. But but Nixon appropriated the whole. I've got a secret yeah. plan, and uh, you know, he got elected. What's the secret plan? And, and got yeah, and and got reelected in '72, and then ridiculously blows all of his capital on Watergate. I mean, he could have been elected king, you know, if he had ended the Vietnam War. Really, you know, truly, and brought everybody home and ended the bloodshed mm. and so forth, because there was certain inevitability that, you know, again, this sort of depends on which side of history you're on. Either we could have won it if we had gone into it, and we could have won it in 1963, but we couldn't have won it in 1980, uh, 1968. We couldn't win it in mm. 72. We just had to end it. But it just sours the conversation, and, and retrospectively, um, I, you know, historians will will do what they do, but you know, uh, there will be comparisons of of the Kennedy, Vietnam, uh, Iraq, Bush, conflagration, and and uh, you know, what, what's the what's the phrase? The, the the smartest men in the room still couldn't figure out how to stay mm-hmm. out of it, and they couldn't talk themselves into a different different place instead of continuing to 
arm the next people who are going to oh, be our gosh. enemies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is today's ISIS. So. Uh, so, so now, everything we fought for, we're, we're now propping up Cuba to be a, a, a great vacation spot <laughs> for Americans. It's coming back around. And it, it's the place to go to see, um, you know, 50s cars. You know, it, they've been very well right. kept. You know, and so if you want to see 1956 again, go to Cuba, and here's here's the airline, and here's the special hotel package. I mean, it's just it's it's kind of crazy. Well, I, and I do see you know getting back to any pop culture stuff. Like they just started shooting the uh, TV adaptation of Stephen King's book. Um, oh. It's supposed to start. It's going to be on Hulu next year. Um, James Franco is playing the lead. An, an, an English teacher really? who goes back in time to stop the assassination. So, um, okay, and I feel like that's that's that common uh, time travel scenario. Is you know what would you do? You'd go back and stop Hitler, or you'd stop the JFK assassination. You know, um, I, it's just a fun book because it actually just kind of logically follows through. Like, what if you did go back? What would be the consequences, and what would be different about America? And you know, to even look at what good came out of his assassination, you know, after the fact, not that his assassination was good, but what things occurred that you would be erasing, you know, you kind of can't mess with the dominoes because they're all marching through time as they are. And we can't. Which reminds me, I hope the man in the high castle was picked up, but I haven't seen any mm-hmm. evidence of it. <laughs> any closing thoughts? Any? Uh... Well, baseball was never the same. After the Kennedy <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the Washington Senators disappeared, and then uh, they moved to Texas, and now they're in some sort of conflict with my Houston Astros, and I I don't want them or the Angels to win. So we've got to do something about that. Well, that's JFK and the day Camelot died. We didn't we didn't touch on that theme per se, but it, it's. It's all wrapped up in America become America becomes cynical, and uh, ke- keeps looking for a, a, a hero, upstanding, heroic, and uh, I, I guess the, the the culture decides and decided that uh, Obama was that person more recently, and uh, I don't know what they're thinking. Who, who knows who will be anointed with the the new new Camelot? Uh, image and that'll do it for episode 13 of some pop thank you so much for listening as usual you can find the show notes for this episode at sunriserobot.net slash some pop slash 13 if you wanted to hit us up on twitter for any follow-up questions on our jfk discussion here you can find me online at pseudo justin and as usual bruce is at bruce bgsu thank you so much for listening we totally love you guys And if one day you're out there thinking you want to go above and beyond just listening and you actually want to support us, check out sunriserobot.net slash support and consider becoming one of our Patreons like Bruce Edwards and Andreas Langa. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Some Pulp. Some Pulp.